and welcome to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. We're ready to dive into the deep end of running a creative business, the joys, the sorrows, and the shit no one wants to talk about. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, a traveling wedding photographer and coach for creative business owners who scaled two businesses while single parenting, so I know it doesn't always go as planned. Hold on to your seats as we explore what wholeness looks like within your creative journey and how growth doesn't always come in the ways we expect. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I'm really excited for another solo episode because I'm going to be tackling something that I keep getting asked. People are very frustrated about this right now, and um, I want to provide some answers and hopefully make it easier to deal with this topic, which is marketing your photography or creative business and how to do that in a way that feels authentic, how to do it in a way that is consistent and not kind of just here and there. Um, And also be able to run a business that feels empowering and fun and creative without kind of hyper-focusing on on the business side. I think that's what a lot of us want is to get the business side really down, really dialed in so that we can have fun and be creative and do the things that we that we started this business for in the first place. So, I'm going to kind of I'm going to give you some good news and some bad news and also some awesome tips on how to make a marketing strategy that feels good and that continues to serve you well without feeling like your main job is marketing. So I'll start with the bad news and then we'll get to the good news. So bad news is that if you're in business for a while, social media is going to change a lot over the course of your business. When I first started my business, Facebook was the biggest way that I marketed my photography. And at the time, all you had to do is post a photo on Facebook and tag your clients. And the algorithm let anyone that was connected to that person see your photo. So, you know, I did a, did a shoot for Mike and Ann and I tagged them both on Facebook, write something nice about them, make it public. Anyone who was connected to Mike or Ann or to me would see this photo, see the link to my website and very organically and easily could book me for a photo shoot. That was how I grew my whole business. It was before Instagram, before a lot of these other things that we have access to now. And it was amazing. It was amazing to be able to do that and to see how far it would spread when you post it one time. Um, But very quickly, the algorithm of Facebook changed and it wasn't sending it to people that they were connected with anymore. Like that doesn't really happen on Facebook anymore. And it was a very distinct shift when that happened. And, um, you know, Instagram started, some other ways of marketing cropped up and everyone that had relied on that had to pretty quickly figure out something different to do. Um, But the good news in that is that a main way that I marketed when I first started my business, it went away and other ones came. So I think that's a big thing with marketing is you have to always be looking for what's the next thing? What, how can I evolve with the times? Where is the market moving now? And like, how can I be flexible? How can I be flexible and have fun as I'm marketing my business? Um, And I always also remind myself years before I started my business, the only way to market was with paid advertising, like an ad in a magazine or a newspaper that you hope someone sees. And, um, 
And it's pretty crazy all the resources we have for free to market our business now. So even when I get tempted to be frustrated about algorithms on Instagram changing or this move towards video content or whatever, it's really easy to get hung up on those things and frustrated. But I just remember how cool it is that we have so many different free free platforms to market our business in this day and age where we didn't used to have that at all. So it's the, it's one of the easiest and also one of the hardest times to run a business because we have all this access to free platforms and there are so many people running businesses that we have to have to stand out from. So there's good and bad here, but I like to try to focus on the good because everything is just a problem that we that we can figure out and we can solve and we can pivot around and we can um, learn something new, which I think that's the beauty of what we do is we get to always be learning something new. I also want to share another piece of good news, and this is what we've really based Danger School around, which is our coaching programs, is that even though all the social media platforms change constantly, different modes of marketing change, there's one thing that never changes that we can always depend on, and that's where I think most creatives should put the bulk of their attention, and that is creating a really great product and a really strong referral networking um, a referral networking system. And you can you can lean into this more than just hoping people refer you. So we're going to talk about that today too, as well as some other kinds of marketing. But word of mouth is always going to be the most powerful tool that you have in your toolbox. It's what, you know, it's what that Facebook marketing was for me in the very beginning. It was people being like, they connected it to someone that they cared and loved and were able to ask that person, hey, did you like your experience with Kristen? Um, And that's what Instagram is too. That's what all this social marketing is anyways, but just taking it into the real life, real world and being like, how can I get my clients to talk about me more? So we're going to go into that and also some other marketing. So that's the really good news is that even though all these other things change, that one really doesn't. People want to have a great experience and they want to share about you when they do have a great experience. So if you can get that really honed in, everything else is going to be much easier for you. So part one is to create a great product or service that people want to tell other people about. And if you're a photographer, this isn't just, I take great photos. This is how does your client feel when they're working with you? How do they feel when they leave? Um, How good are you on your communication? Are you doing what you say you're going to do? So when we really focus on creating a service or a product that helps someone and that makes their life easier or more fun or more enjoyable, or you leave them with something that's memorable, people want to tell other people about their good experience. They want to help connect their friends with people that are going to make their life better. So that really is the core of of a successful business that keeps getting hired. And the core of marketing, quote unquote marketing, is really having that great core service. And um, I've heard people say like, there's you know three different things to really focus on. It's your, your the product, the service you're offering, your marketing and message, or your sales. I think all three of those things are important, but even if you just have one of them, you're golden. And especially if you have a really great product, some of those other things can be farther down the list and you'll still get great clients. So if you're, if you're struggling, if you're in a place where you're struggling to get more people consistently through the door, 
you're like, how could I make this product better? How could I make this service better for the people I'm already serving? Um, So if you're at the very beginning stage of your business, this is really key because those first few people could be your biggest advocates. Some of the first people that hired me ended up telling all their friends, um, you know, just sharing my business, my name as much as they possibly could. They wanted to see my business get off the ground and to be, and to be successful. So finding those first few people that really believe in you. And again, if you're right at the beginning, that momentum can be so important. So, um, get things moving, offer discounted shoots for a time, make sure you always share kind of what your pricing will be after these like introductory shoots. But those first five to 10 clients are so important. So if you see things are starting to really catch, um, we're going to talk about that in a second too, but finding a way to bring more people in the door so you can get that momentum growing and that word of mouth really moving so you might be saying, Kristen, I know I'm already doing a good job. My clients love what I what I create for them. They love their photos. They tell me they love working with me, but I'm still not getting enough clients. So one thing to do in that case is to start creating ways for people to recommend you. A lot of times people don't think about it. They move on with their own life. They don't realize that Maybe your business is all dependent on reviews and referrals. So even having something built into your workflow where people can leave you a review, um, where you can ask people for referrals, that can be really important too. Um, so those that Google page where you can get reviews, I've tried Yelp before. I feel like those aren't as effective as um, Google pages. So if you haven't had one of those set up, I definitely recommend that. And affiliate marketing can be really, really valuable too. So if you have a client, and I call these people connectors, I've had several in my business. So the person that knows everybody, the person that a lot of times people just flock to for um, like, where do they like to eat? Where do they like to go? It was before the age of influencers um, where people are just really good at connecting people with other things or are really in the know. So when you find one of those clients, there's... Um, you know, creating an affiliate system, creating something where you can thank them for a referral, that can be really powerful because those connectors might be the source of a lot of business for you in the future. There was a client like this for me in my wedding photography business. She was just this joyful, amazing fun person. I loved working with her and she was really connected through a lot of the collegiate sports at the university that she went to. Um, Her husband was on the baseball team. She was just a really connected person. And I can probably point back to 10 to 15 different couples that somehow came from her. So even if it wasn't a direct connection, it was someone I did one for one of her friends and then did a wedding for one of their friends. And it kind of spider webs out from there. So I would always try to make sure to thank the original client because I'm like, you don't even know how many people have come to me because of you. And, um, and she just helped me out so much. So I think like when people are doing that for you, when they're spreading your name, make sure to always thank them, always send a text, always, you know, send a little message. that's like, thank you so much for sending me that referral. It really meant a lot. Even if they didn't book, I always just like to be like, I'm really thankful that you thought about me to send my name to your friend. Um, and like, I hope it works out, but even if it doesn't really, really grateful. Thank you so much. 
And I just want to tease that out a little bit too, because have you ever had your friend ask you to set them up on a date or a blind date? Um, I have before, and I've tried before with several different friends. And I, you know, think about like why would I? Why would you not set up your friend on a blind date? So you know, the fear is, what if they don't like the person that I set them up with? What if the other person doesn't like them? What if they leave with a bad taste in their mouth, like feeling like they didn't have a good experience or didn't at least have an enjoyable date? So, you know, it it doesn't mean it has to be a love connection, but you want to make sure that whoever you're setting your friends up with, that both parties are going to have an enjoyable time at least, and that they'll have something to talk about, something to connect on. And it's like that in our business too. So someone who's referring their friend to you or to me, they want to know that even if they can't afford them, even if they end up going in a different direction, that they're going to leave with a good taste in their mouth. They're going to feel encouraged or helped in some way. They're going to connect on something. They're going to have fun together. So I think think about that of why would someone refer to you And maybe why wouldn't they too? And see if there's anything that you can adjust in your business that might help that word of mouth go faster. Um, Is there anything that might keep someone from referring to you? Um, So I always always think like the more we can kind of take our ego out of it, the more we can take our hurt feelings out of it and just really look at like what could be better here, the more those things will really flow. So to really make sure your clients are having a good experience and people coming in the door to your business are having a good experience, really focus on the quality of your product, your client experience, how you leave people at the end of the day, um, even in the inquiry process, and your communication. So another thing that keeps people from um, from hiring you or you know hiring referring you to their friend is like, are you consistent on what you say you're going to do? And are you really can are you consistent across the board with what you deliver? So there's so much trust that goes into this referral process for people into the hiring over and over again is like, have you ever gone and gotten your hair cut and one time it was really great and the second time it wasn't? Or maybe it was good a couple times or you've eaten at a restaurant and like sometimes it's good, but then this one time you had this really bad experience and the server was rude to you and you know, it so that it puts a little question in your head of is this place still good? So I really think those consistent communication the consistent communication consistent product and service that people can trust that you're going to deliver on what you say, those things go a really, really long way too. And then focus on the operations side too. Are your emails in a great workflow? Are your, um, are your processes down so that you know that you can be consistent? So if you aren't familiar with operations, it's systemizing everything in your business so that there's a predictable way that you do things for each kind of step in your business. This helps create a great customer experience. It helps create that consistency, staying on top of your inquiries, staying on top of your editing. Um, All of that is operations. So when someone comes in, do you have a set way that you're onboarding them? Do you have a set way that you're handling in the inquiry process? Do you have a set way that you're delivering and the same experience every time. So that's the other thing is to look at those systems and be like, am I creating something that's repeatable and that feels good for me and feels good for them? 
So all of that goes into this referral strategy that we're talking about of why why would people refer or not refer um, a product or a service to their friends um, and and really focusing in on those three, three things. Okay, this is number two, because maybe you're like, Kristen, I got that part down. People are referring me, but I still... I'm not booking enough or still I'm not getting that like I'm not getting those new people through the door. I'm not getting those first 10 clients or first that little first part I think can be really tricky. So my heart goes out to you if you're new, if you're just starting out, because I really do think there is kind of feels like you're pushing a boulder up a hill right at the beginning. And after you get it up there, especially if you've been doing these things that we're talking about you'll have, you'll, it'll roll much more smoothly. The right amount of clients will come in and it's not so much work to get yourself there, to get the business there. And also want to say, if you're listening and you're like, oh shit, I'm not doing some of these things or my clients aren't referring me and you're tempted to go into a shame spiral. Stop. There's no shame here. Um, it's only a learning experience. We can only make adjustments and keep going forward. And there are still things that I'm constantly learning and improving on. There's times where I've messed up my client experience and maybe hurt a relationship and have to go and repair it. So just want to say that if, if you find yourself in a place where you've been in business for a while and things are stalled, it's not the end of the world. And there's so much that we can do to like people are quick to forgive us and to move forward. So think about that restaurant, go back to that restaurant of like how easy it is to, when you've gone there a lot, how easy it is to stop and you'd be like, oh, I didn't like that service. I didn't like that one dish. But then also think if you, if you say, hey, this meal wasn't very good and they fix it, it's a very easy repair. And because we want to forgive the people that we want to forgive the restaurant, we want to have a good experience. We want to get back into that happy place with the things that we enjoy. So also consider that, that if there's something that needs to be repaired or a process that you want to fix, it's much easier to repair it and move on than you think. Okay, part two, make it easy for people to hire you. I drill this in to danger school students' heads because I'm like, most people are making it so difficult to hire them. I go on people's websites. There's no link to contact you. There is just like a whole process. And sometimes people do that on purpose. Maybe they're overly booked and they're overwhelmed. And then I would say there's other things we can work on. We can work on some pricing and some systems. And and you're probably losing a lot of money by not having those things dialed in and like losing all these inquiries that want to work with you. So if that's you, come talk to me. We need to do some other things. But if you're if you're like, I'm not getting enough people to hire me, a lot of times we're just not making it very easy for people. We're making, they're having to jump through all these hoops, all this huge contact form. So go walk through your website as, as if you're a stranger to it and what might make, not make sense or have your friend or your mom or your brother or whoever go through your website and, and watch what they do when they go through your website. Watch where they scroll, watch what they click. Is it easy to contact you? Is it easy to figure out what they're supposed to do next? So a lot of times, because we're so familiar with what we're doing, we overcomplicate the process and make it hard for people to reach out to us. So here are some tips. 
create some easy access ramps into your business. Okay, so picture your business like this big, this big ship. And you you're like, that ship looks cool. I want to be on that ship. I want to go on that cruise. But there's no clear way to get on it. And a lot of times our businesses are like this. You're you're up here, you're doing your work, you're creating things, you're working with clients, and you're like, oh, there's no real easy on-ramp onto this thing. There's no like jet bridge or whatever they call it to get up onto those cruise ships. So create some easy ramps into your business. This might be creating a window of time, like a launch, you know? So we do this with our coaching programs. With Danger School, there's a couple times a year that we launch our coaching program. So there's four to six weeks you can sign up or you have to wait till the next time. Um, We do that for a couple of reasons because we do walk through this all together when we do it. So there's a reason to start and stop it. Um, But with photography, you might not you might not see a need for a launch, but creating those windows of time where people can sign up for sessions or book you for something, and this applies to other creative businesses too, but having a booking window, maybe it has a discount, maybe you are opening all your bookings for the year at one time. There's so many different ways to do this, but it creates a focused amount of time where people are like, oh, that's how I get on the ship is right there. Um, so think through that. Like, are you creating ramps for people to get in? Another option is a booking link. So if you, if you do something that is a lower price service or product, create a link where people can book and schedule. And it's very clear, like, Hey, here's how you book me this link and it has all the scheduling. You can do this through Calendly, 17 Hats, HoneyBook, Dubsado. All of these client management softwares have ways where people can pick their date, pick their time, um, and sign up. So, you know, my hairdresser does this. My uh, counselor does this. People that have windows of time, it can be really, really nice to just like put it on your client in your client's hands of here's how you book it. Mini sessions, it's great for this, which leads me to the next one, which is create something like a mini session event where there's like a, hey, this is maybe a lower priced offer. You can come into the family, come onto the ship right here through this specific type of shoot or session or um, smaller investment. More tips on this is spell out the next step for people. So maybe they're engaging with your content on Instagram or they're on your email list and they really like reading your blog. Like what's the next step for them if they're interested in something like this for themselves? Can you help people see themselves in those photos? Um, And I think like this next tip of asking yourself what might be holding people back is really good to ask too because sometimes maybe we're not talking about it in our copy, the different things that are holding our clients back from signing up for things with us. Or maybe there's some kind of unspoken fear that we don't understand. So asking yourself what might be holding people back, how can I lower that, that fear, lower that wall that's keeping them out of my business and invite them up this ramp. 
which the other, the other tip is sometimes actually inviting them as the answer. And I think we all think of MLMs that are like, hey girl, buy this thing. And we feel really put off by that. And so I'm, I'm not suggesting a cold invite, but if you know someone's been thinking about a shoot with you, has been really invested in what you're doing, is engaging with your content a lot, being like, hey, have you thought about this? I'd really like to work with you. When it comes from a place of being genuine and not like this, I need you to sign up for a session with me, it can hit really differently. So, you know, again, this isn't me telling you to cold blast everyone that's following you on Instagram. This is just saying like sometimes when it feels right and you can tell that you're not feeling weird about it, sometimes someone might need an invitation. I think about this with with coaching sometimes, like there's different coaches. I love hiring business coaches for my own business. I love kind of that feedback. But sometimes I'm I'm like, I don't know if they specialize in what I do. I don't know if they would want to work with me. I don't know if um, they feel qualified to work with me with what I'm wanting to do. And so if someone's like, hey, you've been, you know, engaging with my stuff. Have you thought about doing this thing? I think it'd be really great for you. That helps me because maybe there were a lot of questions and I just didn't feel like I didn't want to reach out and ask them just in case it wasn't a good fit, you know? So sometimes inviting someone can be the answer to help make it easy for people to hire you. Number three is stay consistent. This is a good news and bad news situation again. People will forget you unless you make yourself unforgettable. That's what social media is. To me, social media is not just trying to get brand new clients, it's reminding people that you're there. Someone might be following you for years before they sign up to do something with you and just staying top of mind, staying relevant, reminding people about the great work that you do. Um, Because, you know, sometimes I have bridesmaids that I meet at weddings that then hire me five years later, 10 years later. And it's because we stayed connected. We stayed in this place of them remembering me being like caring about what they're doing. So that's what social media is. That's what your email list is. It's a way to keep in touch with past clients, current clients, and people that you come across in your journey. And so stay consistent. Even if you're like, Instagram doesn't work. I never get new clients from Instagram, the algorithm, blah, blah, blah. Just remember that the main reason that we're doing these things is to stay in people's vision for them to to continue seeing what we're doing so that they remember when it comes time where they're ready for what we offer. Tip number four is where else can people see your name? Um, Is your name easy to remember? And where do people need to see you? So getting your brand out there, getting it more visible, not being afraid to be seen at different places, and then kind of asking those questions like, did, did I make up some really complicated business name that people aren't going to remember? Or is my last name really hard to spell? Do I need to shorten it or come up with something that's going to be more memorable? Um, or is my business name similar to a lot of other people's? So, you know, I think asking some of those questions being like, are people seeing me? Are they seeing my name? Is it easy to remember? And where else do people need to see my work or me or what I do? 
And then number five, and this is another really important one and our last one for today, is to focus on relationships. To me, marketing is mostly about relationships because at the end of the day, what I really care about is people. So even if someone never buys anything from me, they just get value out of this podcast, they just get encouragement out of Instagram, they just feel good about our friendship, that is still a win to me. That is still, I've been able to make an impact on someone. I've been able to help someone or we have a relationship that feels good. And so there's really no losing there. Um, So focusing on relationships to me means um, caring about the people that I work with and the people that listen to this show. I'm so glad you're here listening. Um, I really do care about you and I hope that your business continues to find value from this podcast, even if we never work together in a coaching relationship. Um, I, I'm really passionate about helping creative business owners win. So I hope this podcast does this for you. Um, but also other vendors, your peers, people who refer to you relationships with the people on social media that you interact with. When we see it as a relationship and building on a relationship, and caring for people and helping people, I think it takes a lot of that dynamic of why aren't people buying from me? A lot of that, like taking that resentment and that um, frustration out of it. And it leads this, leaves this really clean energy between what we're creating and who is um, enjoying it and interacting with it. And there's this give and take in this beautiful relationship. So Um, I think that this is one of the most important things to focus on in quote unquote marketing is building the relationships all around you. They're everywhere. So you might be tempted to see, oh, I, you know, I have 200 Instagram followers. No one knows who I am. I'm like, that is 200 people. That's a lot of people. Um, Or I'm only booking one or two clients a month. Like, where is everybody? Being grateful for that relationship, really pouring into the people that are already coming to you, the people that are already in your life, that really goes so far and it goes so far in the way that we feel about our businesses and also in the way that other people feel about our business and feel about the way they interact with us. So even though I know, I know how easy it is to start comparing, comparing numbers and comparing stats and worrying about money. Um, the more we can really focus on these relationships, on doing a great job, creating a great product, some of the other things start happening so naturally. And I want to leave you with one more thing because this really, really changed something for me when I was learning more about marketing and about business and sales is the book Fascinate by Sally Hogshead. She defines types of brands into different categories. So they're the seven seven, no, it's six, six categories are innovation, passion, power, prestige, trust, and mystique. Um, and in her book, she really dives into it. I definitely recommend her book. It's so good. Um, but like innovation, for example, might be a brand like Apple. That's always on the cutting edge of doing something new, creating something different. Um, that might be an artist that is always changing how they create their their art or their photography. They're always buying the new camera or the drones and they're always pushing to be different and new and to innovate their art. Um, passion, power, prestige. I think a lot of times we think, oh, wedding photography has to be prestige or mystique. Like it has to be this luxury brand. And a big shift for me was that my brand was much more about passion and trust. 
that the consistent results, my clients really trusting me, feeling at home with me, that my brand was a trust brand. No, the trust brand would be like Coca-Cola. You know, they, they're not innovating Coca-Cola. And when they did try to innovate it, everyone got mad. Like, why would you change Coke? We loved the way it was. Please give us the normal Coke back. Um, so I think when we understand what type of brand is authentic to us, That keeps me from comparing in some ways because I love some innovative brands and I love some prestige and mystique brands, but my zone of genius, my real, my spot is in the trust and in the passion. And so I think when we understand what type of brand we are and lean into that, that also gives us a lot of permission to just do you right. Just do you. And it's so easy to compare. And there's so many people that we can appreciate what they do and also be like, but that's not me. And that's okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining me for another solo episode. Um, We're going to get back to doing more interviews and a big mix of things, workshops, interviews, um, answering questions after our team sabbatical, which July has been a sabbatical-ish, I say, because last year we entirely took the month off, didn't answer any emails really just went dark for the month and it was so life-giving but I took a couple months sabbatical earlier in this year and so I'm I didn't take a full sabbatical this July and I was excited to make some podcasts so um once we get started back up in August we'll have much more for you interviews workshops all of those things um I'm always asking for questions for um, for what to do on this podcast on Instagram. So if you don't follow me yet, that is over at Kristen Sweeting on Instagram. And um, always feel free to put something in the question box when I'm coaching or asking questions or asking for ideas because would love to create podcasts that really help you and help you grow your business, especially right now when there's a recession coming, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of stress around money. And I just think that we should get through it together. And if there's any way that I can help with that, I am here for it. If you feel called to work together in some way, we are about to launch another round of Danger School Coaching. So that is our signature program also with a group coaching element. And if you can, I highly, highly, highly recommend joining one of these group coaching containers because not only do you get all of the awesome content from Danger School, but you get to coach through it with the coaches, with me, with each other and apply it to your business. And I think that that, like having the conversations around these topics, really applying it to what you're doing, workshopping, like, hey, I tried this, I tried this, it didn't work. That is so valuable. And even to have the external perspective of what um, what we could tweak or what we could lean into more, that is why I think mentorship and coaching is so valuable and why I still invest in it for myself and continue to find mentors and people that can speak into my life and my business. Because really there's, there's nothing that pushes you forward, that moves you forward like someone who's done it before. So we're starting that back up in September. September 29th is our next round of group coaching. We would love to have you. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, It's usually a pretty small container and um, there's lots of time to work through individual things. So we'd love to see you in there or chat about it. But in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in to the Dangerous Creatives podcast. If there's anything I can do to help you in your business or creative journey, would always love to hear from you on Instagram. Um, And in the meantime, 
just enjoy. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community, and we'll see you again next time.